Worldwide, it's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Going to Broward County Jail to start things out here tonight. Uh, according to the I've Miami, never been there, and I don't want to go. The Miami Herald, uh, a Broward prisoner accused of committing a sex act while he was alone in his jail cell, was found guilty Tuesday of indecent exposure. How do you commit a sex act alone in your jail cell? I mean, I, I suppose I'm, I'm thinking of one in particular. Yes, that's probably the one. And, um, and how can you charge him for that? Well, yeah, how can you be charged with indecent exposure if you're alone? <laughs> in your jail cell? I mean, it's essentially, it's your domicile, right? Supposedly. I mean, shouldn't if you're going to be able to do that, shouldn't it be there that you're allowed to do it? I think that they should be allowed to do these things. Now, uh, what about, a- uh, I mean, aren't there intra-jail um, uh, rules? Shouldn't, they, shouldn't he be uh, charged inside the jail? I, I, I know you probably don't know about this, and I'm not ex- describing it very well. There are disciplinary uh, actions that can be taken inside the jail. If a guy is uh, in his cell alone and uh, commits an uh, infraction like this, they could write him up um, and put him in solitary or something like that. Which he toilets to scrub, something like that. Likely he is already in there, and that's why he's alone in his jail cell. Mm-hmm. But maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, th- there's ways that they can handle discipline inside the jail. I don't know if they should be charging this guy with a criminal offense. Well, he's been charged and found guilty uh, already. Terry Lee Alexander, who's 20, unsuccessfully fought the charge, which had been brought by a female Broward County uh, Broward Sheriff's Office detective detention deputy who saw him perform the sex act in his cell back in November. In reaching the guilty verdict, jurors found that an, in, an inmate, uh, inmate's jail cell is, quote, a limited access public space, unquote, where exposing oneself is against the law. The judge sentenced Alexander to 60 days in jail on top of the 10-year sentence he's currently serving for armed robbery. Is he going to be on the sex offender list now? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, so, in other words, he got 60 days in jail, running concurrent with his 10-year sentence. Big, fat, hairy deal. We wasted a bunch of taxpayer money It says money on, on top of, so I, I think that means after the 10-year it sentence. Could, it could mean consecutive, but it seems ludicrous. All of it seems silly to me. The sole witness in the case, BSO Deputy Corius Veal, testified Alexander didn't try to hide what he was doing. A woman named most... Corius? Uh, yes, apparently so. U.S. <laughs> is a strange thing to um, end a woman's name in. It is. Uh, she apparently said he didn't try to hide what he was doing, as most prisoners do. Ah, now that might be the trick. She saw him perform the act while she was working in a glass-enclosed master control room 100 feet from Alexander's cell. There was no videotape or other witnesses. 100 feet's a good distance. Right. She watched him on on, uh, video, as I understand it. Hmm. Alexander's attorney argued that the uh, prison cell was a private space and that what Alexander was doing was perfectly normal. McHugh asked Veal, did other inmates start um, masturbating because of Mr. Alexander? Did you call in a SWAT team? I wish I had, answered Veal. Veal, who has charged seven other inmates with the same offense, insisted that she was not against the act itself, just the fact that Alexander was so blatant about it. That, uh, now we're, we're, we're getting into a whole different area now. To me, this sounds like lewd and lascivious acts. If you're, if you're going to stand out I, I don't know what like i don't know um what if there's a camera there and and you decide to rub one out right in front of the camera that's a real problem okay 
Yeah, but the cameras aren't are supposed to be there to catch you trying to kill yourself or mm. hurt somebody else. You know that that's this isn't hurting anybody. It's not it's hurting just... anyone. But suppose he decided to come up and do that to you and um, on the street, like right in front of you on the street. Yeah, but would well, you be offended? Well, it'd be a little strange. <laughs> it'd be very, very strange. Anyway, Veal said it was actually the third time that she'd caught Alexander, and she had had enough. In the end, it took a jury of four men and two women only 45 minutes to find Alexander guilty. Uh, he was then sentenced to 60 more days in jail. Juror, uh, One of the jurors said it was pretty straightforward. The prosecution's case was clear, and the defense didn't dispute any of the major elements. Sherman said jurors determined that the prison cell, which is owned and operated by the government, is neither public nor private, but is a limited-access public place. He also said that none of the jurors had a problem with the sex act, per se. The case drew snickers in the courtroom, especially during jury selection, when prospective jurors were quizzed about their own habits. Oh, boy. This is a little strange. That does seem odd. Defense attorney Kathleen McHugh faced 17 prospective jurors and asked point blank who among them had ever done, or rather, excuse me, who among them had never done that particular sex act. Hmm. And no hands went up. That's good, because when I first read the article, I didn't catch the never portion of that, and I thought that no one admitted to... uh, to self-pleasuring. Well, it, it's a good way she phrased it, because if she'd have phrased it the other way around, I don't think anybody's hand would have gone up either. I'm not going to raise my hand when some uh, st- uh, public defender says, So, have you ever done that particular act? No, I'm not well, raising my hand. I've, that particular act, I mean, I've never done it in a jail cell. You oh, might I have. I can't say that. <laughs> Many, many times, unfortunately. Uh, Sherman said jurors, uh, excuse me, no hands went up. While most prisons deal with such an offense internally, as you were mentioning, uh, Broward Sheriff Ken Jenny and the corrections officials are hoping to curb the practice by prosecuting them. Janelle Hall, a spokes bureaucrat for Miami-Dade Corrections, said while no charges have been brought against the inmates, the department is working with the state attorney to discuss prosecution of such egregious cases in the jail. It's been a hot topic, so to speak, in our department in the cases in those cases that are egregious, where there's some sort of intent to deliberately expose themselves. Those cases will be reviewed further in the courts. I I don't see what the big deliberateness of this. I don't see what the big deal is. I mean, these guys throw urine and stuff, right? I mean, that's kind of nasty. It's a problem. Like they get disciplinary right. action for it, but th- this isn't as bad as that. This is just some guy pleasuring it, himself. So what if, if it he isn't wants to stand naked in his jail cell? Who, who cares? I mean, the guy doesn't have any freedom left. I mean, hardly any freedom. Let's at least give him the freedom to be naked in his jail cell. If that's what he wants to do. Sorry, if we've got female officers walking around, <laughs> you cannot stand in the doorway of your cell and uh, pleasure yourself. I'm sorry. I mean, no, no, it's not acceptable. You know, um, there are prisons where they wouldn't have handled this by giving him 60 days. They would have taken their three biggest officers with a um, 50,000-volt shock shield. Mm -hmm. They would have put him on the wall until he peed himself, okay? (laughs) I mean, that's (laughs) – sorry. Um, I don't know. I I was not there. I did not see the tape. I don't know how blatant this was. (laughs) But you cannot, um, you know, just blindside uh, these – the female officers. I'm sorry. They should be expecting this sort of thing in their line of Look, work. They're they are not here as sexual toys nasty, for the convicts. I'm they're, sorry. They're working around nasty, criminal, violent people, and they should expect these sorts of things. It's part sorry. of their job. Yeah. But, you know, um, as long as the rules are explicit, or at the very least, it's clearly laid out for the convicts what it is that they, um, wh- what they can do and where they can do it, then I don't see a problem. Now, um, it, it sounds like the way this was written, he was being somewhat blatant about it, and I don't find that acceptable. 
Female detention deputies are human beings, too. Why should they have to view such vulgar and indecent behavior in their place of work, said one of their bureaucrats. Prosecutors filed charges in all seven of Veal's other cases, but later dropped the charges in one of those cases to allow the defendant to be, uh, to begin his sentence in the state prison system on another charge. Anyway, the story goes on. And so... How do you feel about this? Should there be rules and regulations in place to prevent inmates from self-pleasuring at all? Should inmates have to conceal their self-pleasure? Is it as why is it as indecent uh, to see the act as opposed to seeing some furtive motions underneath a uh, a blanket or something like that? I mean, you know what's going on there still, right? What, no, knowing what's they, going on. Look, people are you're completely naked underneath those clothes you're wearing. What if they make? But you're it, not naked as a result. What if they make too much? noise what if they're i mean what if they're <laughs> under the blanket <laughs> what if they're under the blanket and there's a little too much groaning and grunting going on you know is that is that indecent too is it indecent behavior to hear too much uh grunting um do you find that indecent i i, I think that it's sh- it, it seems to me that you should be de- this should be dealt with on a, uh, what if he's uttering the name of the woman while <laughs> <laughs> under the blanket yes it's a problem <laughs> It's a problem. Is that harassment? Uttering. What if he's screaming it out loud? 800-259-9231. If you want to share your thoughts on this one, uh, you can take control of the I don't know why you brought this up. (laughs) I thought it was interesting. I mean... It's that. You know these things go on in jail cells, but I'd never heard of anybody being prosecuted for it before. It's strange. And so I wanted to bring that out. Anyway, 800-259-9231. You've got a jail-related story. This one's about G-strings, believe it or not. Uh, and we'll take your calls about anything. Chris, Mark, Frank, your calls about whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, so do enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. And some of those features include archives and entire year's worth of the show right there, front page of the website. Download them at your leisure for free. FreeTalkLive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at FreeTalkLive.com. Or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359 for SACL CAI. As we go to the phones, to the fun, it is the Amp Line and Mike in California. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind? I wanted to make some uh, comments about the uh, the guy in jail. Who, uh, yes, the man who was uh, charged. He's, he was already in there for 10 years on an armed robbery charge, and he just got an extra 60 days because he was uh, apparently self-pleasuring without being underneath a blanket. Now, I also don't know if he was being uh, blatant, like putting on a show for the camera, but assuming that he was just masturbating in his room, in his cell, um, one, of, one of the things that you guys mentioned is that some, some uh, inmates throw urine. That is completely different because that's a health hazard, and masturbating on yourself is not. Right, but the argument from the uh, – and we should use the term self-pleasure. I think it's a oh, little sorry. more clinical. Um, okay. So I, less well, critical, I, but uh, probably a little more, a little more uh, air safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with you. However, they don't. They considered it in an indecent act 
And how would you, you know, how do you make a point against that? I mean, that could... Well, how about, how about this then? Um, he's in his cell, which is what, an 8x10 room or something like that, mm. uh, with a cot and a toilet. He goes to the bathroom. That's indecent. That's Everyone a good goes point. Everyone goes to the bathroom in front of the camera or, or bars multiple times a day. That's got to be indecent, but it's not. Usually there's some kind of petition um, to, you know, let them know that, in fact, you are sitting on the toilet, but um, you are not, uh, you know, completely seen. They can, like, see your head and shoulders. There's a, pe- a petition or a partition? Partition? Oh, something sorry, partition. Something yeah. that gets in the way of the, my, the camera? So it's not just right out there? Is, that, is it that way in every jail, though? No. No, it's not. So that's no, a great point, then. I mean, if you're squeezing one out on the toilet, then that's a, you know, I, that's obscene as far that, as the that FCC definitions. That, to me, is far more indecent. Yeah. Well, um, I have just a couple more points real quick. Um, yes. You also, or one of the two of you, I forgot, mentioned, um, oh, Mark. Mark said, used as, a, as an example to, to Ian, what if you're walking on the street and someone walks up and rubs one, I'm sorry, uh, pleasures himself right in front of you? And that, wouldn't you be offended, he asked you. And... Mark, you know that none of us have a right not to be not offended. That's a good point. I yeah, I'm, I'm, I still think I might have the right not to uh, be accosted by a naked man <laughs> um, uh, pleasuring well, himself on the street. Well, I mean, you know, call me crazy. About, well, well, if we're you? talking about public property again, you're, yeah, public property. Property, I will get. I will grant you that public property is a problem. Right, right, right. Okay. And, uh, and if you'll last? grant me in this uh, particular instance um, with the uh, uh, w- with the female officer, if you'll grant me that we have way too many people in jail, therefore we can't um, jail and prison, therefore we can't afford to be picky as to who our officers are, and we can't have same gen- same sex uh, officers for the prisons that they're mm-hmm. in. Oh, that's a that's a that's a given. But then I don't think that uh, you know one gendered officer shouldn't be able to see. The, the genitals of an, the other gender prisoner, or vice versa. Yeah, I, you know, um, it's it's a way to keep order in there. You have to have a certain protocol. If you don't, um, if officers aren't considered officers, then um, there's a real problem. Uh, when they've been brought down to the same status as the convicts, you know, they're they're not as safe. I think that what you've got, what you're dealing with here, and Mike, thanks for the call, appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I think what you're dealing with here is, you know, the fact that we're such an a uh, Puritan culture in America. Uh, come and on, I don't, if, I don't know how many cultures in the world you can do what this guy did. I think, um, that or at least woman, more so, dance around. I think if a man comes up to you on the street, Mark, and uh, and is pleasuring himself mm-hmm. in front of you, you should take that as a compliment. Um, I did, do I have the right to kick his teeth in? That's totally inappropriate. He didn't initiate force on you. Look, he could get that stuff on me. Well, in that case, then you've got a case. But uh, but that's very unlikely. You'd have to stand still in order for that to happen. Can I spit on him? Well, I mean, tit for tat, I suppose. But uh, nonetheless, I think that if people weren't so uppity about what, you know... This I think pr- you're nuts, is what I think. This thing that everybody does... Um, then if they weren't so just easily disturbed and offended, <laughs> then it wouldn't be a big deal. And this guy was probably looking to get a rise out of the guards. He I'm was probably looking to, you know, make somebody angry and offend congratulations. somebody. Congratulations. And if people weren't so damn easily offended on this issue, then he wouldn't have been able to do that so effectively. Uh, congratulations. He got what he was looking for. I'm far more offended by your stance than I am by the act. Is that right? Yes. Let's go to the phones and talk to Robert in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Robert. Yeah, that just shows the difference between incarceration between men and women. In uh, the men's prison, uh, the uh, men are uh, brought up on charges. 
in the women's prison, the guards are fighting over the binoculars and selling tickets. That much is, that much is likely to be true. <laughs> now, you'd think, uh, do, do they have men that guard the women's prisons, or do they only have the uh, female staff there? Well, if they have uh, women guarding in men's prisons and jails, and uh, I would assume that they have uh, the same thing. No, they and, have men, uh, absolutely have men guarding. Well, as a matter there. of fact, I know they do, because uh, there was just a case not too long ago of a uh, guard getting uh, caught uh, having uh, services with uh, an inmate. Mm. He was brought up on uh, some extremely serious felonies. I bet he was. Yeah, well, you, you, can't, you can't go ahead and have relations nope. with the inmates. No fraternizing now, with the inmates. I don't know inmates. about um, felony charges. I, I have seen a couple of instances where this happened. Usually, um, the since I didn't spend any time in women's prisons, usually the woman that was uh, involved, uh, the, the female staff member that was involved, was just let go. But well, if there it's not were like they had pictures uh, or anything. seven instances where they brought charges, yeah. and evidently these seven men were either uh, very homely men or uh, the women who uh, were offended were man-hating lesbians. Could be the case. Take your choice. Have a good one. <laughs> Robert, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Though, I don't know. I... I just judging from some of the mug shots that I've seen of uh, some of the women that go into uh, to prison, the prison system, I don't know if anybody's really fighting over binoculars. Um, you know, the, the, it's like anywhere. There's attractive women in there, and there's yeah, um, sure. you know not so attractive women in there. There's uh, big, mean, ugly looking ones. Um, At the same time, though, I don't think um, I'm pretty sure that the reality of prison, women's prison, doesn't at all reflect you know uh, prison. Women softcore porno. No, absolutely. Of, I would I would imagine that's uh, absolutely true. <laughs> um, that, there's nothing nothing that's uh, real in in, in porn. Now. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's attractive women there. I remember uh, uh, an officer, uh, a sergeant with whom I worked, um, said that he uh, actually you know worked at a women's prison and you know he'd see some pretty girls in there and he'd think to himself, oh, they couldn't have done what they accused her. <laughs> Man, there was recently a case of a uh, woman who was probably in her early twenties who was going around robbing banks. Did you hear about that one? No. Yeah, she's nice-looking girl. Apparently got desperate for some cash or guns are the great for, equalizer for fun or something like that. I don't think she even had a gun. I think she just handed over a note. That well, sort of you thing. really don't need a gun um, if you hand over a note because uh, well, who's going to take the chance? It's probably safer if you just hand over a note. Isn't it worse if you actually have a gun? Um, they're going to charge you with uh, armed yeah. robbery either way. 800-259-9231. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Shrine of female listeners there. Dozens and dozens of ladies have taken the time to send us their validated photos and prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or a living trust in minutes. When they say in minutes, it really is just that easy. It's reasonably priced and easy. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save an additional 10%. LegalZoom.com. To the phones, to the fun. Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. 
gentlemen. What's Good evening, hey. gentlemen. Hey there. How are it's you, sir? It's a very sort of uh, humorous, absurd topic, but it also has some relevance. I was thinking back to Jeremy Benson's invention, the Panopticon Prison, the all-seeing eye, whereby the guards in the central tower could look in on any uh, inmate, and they had the ultimate uh, control over, I guess, surveillance and uh, domination. And I was also thinking about how Michel Foucault uh, brought that metaphor uh, back to life uh, with his critique of, uh, uh, I guess, power, uh, the panopticon, the all-seeing eye. Mm -hmm. uh, and it also sort of, you know, fits our current uh, situation with surveillance in the post-9-11 era. But I wanted to raise this point. Not having seen the judge's brief regarding the case, if his claim is based upon the individual couldn't self-pleasure or masturbate in the cell because it was owned by the state or by the government or by the public, I think we could apply that to Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, even though <laughs> criminal charges weren't filed regarding his exposure because for Monica to perform her fellatio, uh, Clinton would have to expose himself. It seems, and for him it, to it perform his cigar routine, Monica well, would have to expose herself, well, again, which would they mean would... that since 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is not a private residence but is a public owned by the government, the taxpayers, uh, I think that could be applied. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Frank. Appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if I really want to go back in time enough to care about that sort of thing, but nonetheless, uh, uh, a fair point. 800-259-9231. Of course, we're talking about a story out of uh, South Florida where a man has been charged. He's already in jail. He's now been charged and found guilty of uh, essentially an, a, an indecent act. He was self-pleasuring in his jail cell, except he wasn't as covert about it as many other prisoners are. So the difference between a, a blanket and no blanket is the difference between more time in jail and not. Well, you know, I think decorum is in general the difference between uh, a lewd and lascivious act and one that is not. Okay. Um, I don't know if there's much decorum in a jail cell, but I see where you're coming from. Uh, well, you you can use what you've got. Uh, see, the thing is, is um, what what if it's what too you're hot not, for a blanket? What you're not getting that's here, cold in jail, isn't it? What you're not getting here. Um, and now I, you've already come out and said that it's okay with you if people run amok on the streets with erect um, phalluses, I don't, stroking them. That's I, fine. With I you. think that most people no, would find that offensive. You don't need to, def to defend this. You said it. I don't care. Now, um, but what we're talking about in jail is. Um, Something entirely different. A, a certain modicum of protocol needs to be um, kept up. Uh, yeah. Guards are in there with uh, people that may never see the light of day again. They don't have to. Uh, um, they don't have anything to lose. So these yeah, guards true. have to keep a certain amount of uh, you know us versus them going on. I, mm -hmm. I'm not saying I, I think it's great. I'm not saying it, it results in the best stuff every single time. But. To, for uh, to think for a moment that uh, female officers should just be able to oh, brush it off, no, you absolutely cannot. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's continue with the calls. You bring up anything. It's it is uh, Chris in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hi. What's on your uh, mind? I was calling about um, a topic you guys had uh, yesterday about the uh, injections in the military. Yeah, these mis mystery injections that uh, this guy with the, the the particular military member that we were discussing uh, has is now on I guess dialysis three times a week. He's 20 years old. He's no longer able to do anything. His life is awful because he got one of these mystery shots. Yeah, um, 
when I was in the military, uh, they gave us anthrax shots. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was a, a supposedly, um, I, I forget the number one in like it, one in like twenty thousand or something like that would die because of it. Hmm. Um, but it's uh, basically like the flu shot, and uh, it's like dead anthrax, I guess. How and, did you uh, do with it? How how did I deal with it? Yeah, was you was it, were you all right as far as your health is concerned? Uh, yeah, I was perfectly fine. Um, I don't know if it like I I don't really know too much about anthrax, but um, I I was I had no problems with it, and I don't know of anyone who actually who did have any problems with it. Were but, you given um, the choice, or was it a mandate? Well, it was not no choice. Um, so they, this is we, a, this is a vaccination. It's, it's slightly uh-huh. different, I, I guess. It was like a it was like a series of I think ten shots. Wow. Yeah, and they had to give them to you um, before your deployment. And uh, I, I was in the Navy, and uh, I, it was kind of ridiculous because I, there's no way you're going to get anthrax on a ship while out to sea. I mean, that was just kind of ridiculous. So, but, so um, maybe they, they, maybe you were a guinea pig. Maybe that was an experimental version of it. Uh, it was. It absolutely was. And that was. Uh, How do you know? A, well, there was a big stink about it because everyone was talking about it, and there was. Some people actually didn't want to take it. Like they said, they're not going to take it. They can kick me out, and that's mm-hmm. that's exactly what they did. Was they 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 processed them out. And uh, one one woman who worked in my shop, she didn't take it, and they they processed her out with not too much of a uh, stink about it. Uh, now, yeah, what's the say, discharge like on that? I mean, what, what's the what's the discharge called? General discharge? <clears throat> I think so. There's like five lo- I think five different discharges you can have from honorable at the top to like dishonorable at the bottom. Right. Yeah. I think it was a general, if I'm not mistaken. And, and you get nothing. Uh, you'll get none of your benefits or anything like that with a no, general discharge. No. You're just. You are now out of work. Goodbye. That's sweet. That's a good yeah. way to get out of the military, though. I mean, if if you're looking for a way out, just refuse the shots and uh, you're done. Well, I'll t- I'll say this. They um, they'll give you like, they'll give you some hell on the way out. You know, yeah. it's, it's just it's obvious. But um, I'd say to anyone in the military who's listening who does not want to take any kind of shot like this. Uh, it's not that big of a deal to get out. Um, they'll, 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 like I say, they'll give you hell, but you know, you can just. They're everyone in the military is normal people anyway, so just just deal with it and move on. Right. It's not going to be that bad. I mean, at all. They're not going to do. They're not throwing in prison or anything like that. So, are so. you all clear now? Are you still in the ready ready reserve, or what's your status? No, I'm all clear. I was. Uh, it was four years in the active, and then four years inactive. And now I'm all clear. So congratulations. Hopefully, uh, they, so they can't bring you back. What, what would happen if they sent you uh, a piece of mail saying they wanted you back? Would it be your option, or would they be able to somehow reactivate you, even though you're off the uh, the ready reserves? Well, I'm I'm off. Uh, but then uh, you know, there's the, of course the draft that they can. You know, there is that. Um, good point. That, as far as my past experience, I don't I don't have any kind of obligation toward it so far because of the contract is up. But. Um, if they call me back, I I don't know. I it's hard to say because I I don't know. What you'd consider it? You'd consider going yeah, back? Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, the military is it's kind of um, I mean, if you think you think it's all bad and everything like that, and that's okay. Uh, but it's it's actually just a bunch of you know idiots. Uh, you look at it that way. I mean, oh no, we're a, we're pretty clear on that. Yeah, I mean, e, okay, let's say you're an E1 and the lowest of the low, and right. you know you got some some moron above you, like, trying to give you crap. All, you know, you can just... Dissent is... You, they can't do anything to you. I mean, if, if, you, if you take the, the approach of, you know, you, you know, you're just... 
It's no big deal. I, I personally had a supervisor who rode me all the time for six months out to sea, and I just I never let in. And he was one of these rank guys, you know. Oh, I got the rank, so you will do what I do. And mm-hmm. you know, he even like he would yell at you know he once yelled at me, and you know we just I just never. Um, I, I will say that I don't know about the other branches of the service. My friend uh, served in the army, and I guess they're really hard about it. But in the navy, I uh, I just you know I'd laugh at the guy. Um, so you could just I, let all that stuff slide, is what you're saying? There's no real well, well you're not going to get ahead in the military. You know, if you, if you want to make it a career, you know, you're they're going to they're not going to do very well. But gotcha. Most people aren't like that, and the navy really did teach me how to um, just get an easy paycheck. No, 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 no. It wasn't easy. <laughs> uh, there were parts it wasn't easy. Uh, being out to sea is very is difficult. Yeah. That's the wasn't as hard as the Army, though, I bet. Thanks for the call, Chris. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. Though, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we ask you to go shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com and now announcing amazonuk.freetalklive.com. We do have an international audience, and some of our United Kingdom-based listeners have been asking, hey, if we go to amazon.freetalklive.com, we have to pay all this international shipping. Why don't you set up an amazon.com? AmazonUK.FreeTalkLive.com. So we did. So if you're in the UK, just add a UK after that, and you'll be good to go. And uh, that there's a link permanently on our on our site in the banner column underneath the Amazon banner for United Kingdom customers. Gotcha. Easy. So um, it, there's 41 categories of products. You know Amazon. They're the largest internet uh, retailer. They've got pretty much anything you might want to buy. So buy it through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of the purchase. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We've sort of been focusing on jail-related stories this hour, jail and sex-related stories. And, Mark, uh, to that end, you have another one. That I do. Um, In Tennessee, this is a very short article, but it it just seems so odd. Um, The Tennessee Department of Corrections will ban visitors from wearing thong underwear and bust-enhancing water brassiers when a revised set of visitation rules takes effect on August 1st. So... You've just got four more days to uh, wear your uh, thongs and uh, water, uh, breast-enhancing water brassiers. Um, why? Why? Are they doing it? Yeah. Well, it says here, uh, prisoners don't need any help getting turned on, Correctional Commissioner <laughs> George Little told the newspaper. Anyone caught wearing the revealing undergarments won't be allowed in. Now, I'm not sure that um, a, a water brassiere necessarily is revealing. I've seen girls wear them when they're perfectly fine shirt. They're just enhanced, yeah. augment their... Uh, Breast size. You know um, what I think? This is an excuse for them to, when you go to the jail, and if you're an attractive lady, this is an excuse for them to give you a little examination to make mm. sure that you're uh, up to spec. Because it doesn't make sense. Uh, a thong is better than nothing, isn't it? I mean, as far as uh, underwear is concerned. Because remember, about a year and a half ago, we read a blog post from Loretta Nall, who is the head of the U.S. Marijuana Party, also ran as a libertarian candidate for governor in the state of Alabama last year. And she was prevented from entering prison to go see her brother, not someone she was trying to you know, entice sexually, obviously. Um, she was going in to see her brother, and she had no underwear on. 
they did not allow her into the prison because she didn't have underwear on. So, I mean, if you can't go in without underwear and you can't go in with a thong on, then you you pretty much have to wear granny panties, right? Well, there's all kinds of different uh, types you can wear. But, um, yeah, obviously, they, you can't wear a thong. And, you know, I... This is sort of uh, one of those issues. Is women aware? Um, some women will wear the. Uh, I think they call it the whale tail when the thong um, comes up above their pants, the low rider jeans. Yeah, so you can see it and you know what's going on. Right. Down there. Oh boy, she's wearing a thong. Big fat hairy deal. Yeah. Um, you know. So I guess that it, that's that's the idea. Is it's too titillating. I don't know about revealing. Revealing doesn't seem very fair. But this water brazier thing is the strangest part about this. How do you know? How is a correctional officer going to know, going to suspect for a moment that a woman is wearing a water brazier? Now, I don't know what a water brazier is. Is it it's something with a little pocket of water on the bottom to bo- to give a little extra boost? I haven't been able to inspect one closely. Um, it may be that there's water all in. I don't know. There's water in it. It gives um, it it gives a larger look. Well, it would seem to me, Mark, that the only way that they would know for sure is by feeling someone up. That would be the only way they would know, right? Which is exactly what Pretty I. Pretty thoroughly, you couldn't just. I. I, I would. Yeah, think you'd have that to squeeze. You'd and know press. what you're. You'd have to know what right. you're looking for too. You may actually have to ask for the women to uh, remove their shirts in order to inspect the bra to make sure it's not actually a water. Because you could suspect it's a water brazier, but you need to confirm. So you'll have to have to, you know, remove the shirt. You'll have to touch. You'll have to squeeze. You'll have to feel. Maybe actually have them remove the bra for um, more detailed inspection. This. That's exactly what I thought when I heard this story. I immediately thought pervert guards just want to get, you know, they just want to cop a feel. They want to have an excuse to take a gander at some of the females that come through and and visit their boyfriends or their husbands in in jail. Inevitably, inevitably this will be uh, enforced selectively. Look for that to happen when this goes through. Um, Look for them to leave the old women alone. Well, any women in their 20s or 30s or 40s or whatever that come in there and, you know, perk up the guards will uh, will be targeted for harassment. It's just an excuse. And, and they'll have it in the they'll have it in their rules and they'll be able to point to it and say, well, I'm sorry, man. This is just the rules. We're just fo- I'm just following orders. Look, I'm going to need to going to need to see your breasts. You have now. some suspicious looking breasts. Yes, I'm going to. Uh, they, they could be weapons of mass destruction. I'm going to have to inspect them. I mean, this is, it's just weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I can kind of see the thong thing. You know, you can give a dress code is, is um, not something terrible as long as they make it clear um, from the onset what the rules are. I don't like uh, rules being sprung on people stink. But um, now, most of the time when you're meeting somebody in a jail, uh, in a prison or in a jail, aren't there usually guards nearby? Yeah. So it's not as though theoretically they're in the room. It's not as though a woman could go in there and start doing a little strip tease for her boyfriend. Not for very long. Right. It's not as though she could somehow titillate him or tantalize him uh, in this you know, this visiting area. So I really don't understand this. This is an excuse. It seems to well, me an excuse to look down people's pants and shirts um, and th- feel. It, it would be incorrect to say that there isn't an, an opportunity, a fleeting opportunity to uh, um, touch a breast or something like that. That uh-huh. would be incorrect. Um, as a matter of fact, I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's more than one guy. It seems the guards have more of an opportunity than the the uh, inmates. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say, considering every per- visitor um, has to go through some sort of inspection on the way in. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line for you. 
So just another excuse to give the guards at the jail more power over the people coming through their doors. They already have all sorts of asinine rules and regulations mm-hmm. that you have, to, um, you have to agree to and you have to abide by in order to come in and, and do those sorts of things. I remember the Loretta Nall story that we, um, we interviewed her about. She told us that they actually went back. They had to drive back to Walmart, which was like 45 minutes away from the jail, just to go and buy a pair of granny panties so they could put them on and go and uh, and, and go back to the jail. And by that, I time, love the story. It includes Alabama, Walmart, and no panties. I mean, it's just it hilarious to me. You can hear it on on our website on the guests page. Loretta Nall was the guest at that time. Here's a here's a weird one for you, Mark. Sci-Fi's uh, emails in. He says, I was listening uh, to an old archive. You were talking about drug laws. You had a short discussion about how in Sweden, prison terms for drug offenses were harsher than prison terms for rape and murder. This certainly wasn't the first time I've heard you mention rape on the show, but it was only then that I asked myself, should rape be a crime? Let me explain. Certainly, rape is a terrible and disgusting thing to do to someone else. However, what's the difference between rape and assault? From a purely physical point of view, one can argue that being beat up by a thug with a baseball bat is much worse than being forced to have sex. True, many rape victims have uh, psychological problems as a result of being raped, but so do many victims of assault. And assuming there's a worse psychological and emotional effect with rape than with most assault, is it right to add 10 to 20 years to a prison sentence because the victim is emotionally wrecked? I realize this sounds cold and harsh, but I still think it's an interesting point. What do you think about this? Um, largely, uh, largely, rape is like assault um, from a legal standpoint, in that it's um, except that it's it's taken as assault with a weapon. Um, now, obviously, it has its own standalone charges, and mm-hmm. and uh, there are more severe um, ways that the Department of Corrections deals with uh, inmates. You're likely to get parole sooner if you're a um, armed, you know, uh, if you've done armed assault as opposed to a rapist, they're not likely to get uh, uh, parole quite as quickly. Um, but, you know, they're they're similar, but no, I, I don't think that society is ready for what he's talking about. I don't think, no, I think it's, I think uh, there's some clear differences between assault and Tell rape. Me what you and think I think that uh, the, the number one difference would have to be the invasiveness. I mean, obviously you're invading someone's personal space when you're assaulting them and you're, you know, you could possibly do damage. You could break their bones and i suppose you could argue that that's invasive but you're talking about an an internal sort of a crime you're talking about orifices being violated in uh in a very disgusting and despicable way and i think that there's a significant difference between you know whacking someone with a baseball bat and invading the insides of their body i i do you see where i'm coming from on that i do from a uh, strictly uh, clinical uh, point of view it's not the inside of their body Okay, well, yeah, I, I know it what is. you're saying. It, it is it, internal. I, it, it is not. It is. It is not. Uh, the the vagina is the outside of your body. Um, past the cervix into the uterus. Uterus is considered the inside from a medical standpoint. Well, that's very technical. I, I agree with you, though. Right. Uh, that's that seems to be the major difference. But also, I think it it's just it's just more traumatic. Um, you know, an assault could could simply be a situation where you get into an argument with somebody or there's a, a fight at a party or at a bar or something like that. You can get assaulted in many different circumstances. But when it comes to rape, you're usually dealing with a premeditated, sick, traumatic event in somebody's life. And I think that's much more serious. Hour two's on the way. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching into hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there are totally free, so do enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Got a story coming up about uh, Second Life. Apparently there is a crackdown about to occur or is currently occurring in the world of gambling online. We'll get to that hopefully. But first, to talk about a story I mentioned that I had last night but we didn't get to. And I've read over this now at least three or four times. And I'm having a hard time understanding this, Mark. So I'm going to read it here, and maybe you can help me get a grasp on this. All right, I'll I'll try to pay attention. You can help me uh, comprehend this story. It's from uh, WLWT.com. Columbus, a state law that equates virtual child pornography with pornography involving real children is not unconstitutional or at odds with a federal court ruling that protects computer-generated child porn, the Ohio Supreme Court ruled Wednesday. The court's unanimous ruling found that equating a virtually created image of child porn is only part of the evidence a jury would have to weigh when hearing uh, charges of child pornography. Roger Tooley, who is a man convicted of having child porn, argued that real and virtual child porn are indistinguishable. As... I don't, I don't think virtual reality has gotten that good. I think you can still tell the difference. Well, I think you could probably make pictures. Um, perhaps uh, somebody could Photoshop a darn good picture, maybe. As a result, he argued, Ohio's law equating virtual child porn with real child porn created the risk of convicting someone for having photos that weren't real. The court rejected this argument, saying prosecutors would have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that a real child was used before winning a conviction. The court also said that accepting Tooley's arguments would hurt the prosecution of child pornography in Ohio. The Justice Judith Ann Lasinger wrote, quote, Unless the accused was present when the illicit image was captured, or the state was able to identify the actual child victim and have that victim testify, prosecutions would be impossible in cases where images are downloaded from the Internet. Okay. In 2002, the U.S. Supreme Court rejected a federal law that banned virtual child pornography as unconstitutional. And I think that was the right choice on the, the part of the Supreme Court, because then you get into a really dangerous area. As despicable and disgusting as child porn is, when it's virtual, there's not actually a victim involved. And then you're dealing with what is essentially a thought crime. And when we start criminalizing thought, in this country, we have gone. We have begun down a very, very slippery slope. But that aside, is this as confusing as an article to you as it is to me? It, it's confusing to me, um, but I think I understand what they're alluding to. Um, it's to me what the uh, Supreme Court, um, you know, upheld as as not being child porn is you know virtual child porn that's obviously virtual child porn. You know, um, you've got polygons, uh, you know, depicting children, uh, depicting adults in um, sexual positions or whatever. Um, sick, weird stuff. Maybe even a drawing. I mean, that would qualify, too, as virtual. Right. Um, I, I, uh, I don't think that that should be as criminal as um, having uh, real child porn. I'm not even sure if it should be criminal. There was no, um, there was no victim in that crime. 
But that's not what I wanted. To, um, that's not that's not the point I'm making. Um, in the case of Ohio here, what their concern is is um, virtual child porn that's indistinguishable from real child porn. Um, you know, can can somebody get in and edit videotape um, or pictures well enough? That you don't know what you're seeing. You mean like take a child's uh, face and put and you know edit it onto the body of an adult woman, something the, like that. The equivalent of um, you know taking uh, uh, you know Jessica. Shoot, I can't remember. Um, think of any of these um, women's names. The the equivalent of taking Britney Spears's head and putting it on some body model's uh, body and saying that Britney Spears is participating in porn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know whether she ever had. I think she had a sex tape released. I don't know. I never saw it. Britney? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I no, don't care. I don't think so. Um, at least there was a buzz about it on the internet. I oh, that's right. Yeah, I think her husband claimed to have had one during the uh, the like divorce, that. and I don't know if it ever came out. Yeah, I, I'm I sure don't if it know. if it came out, we'd hear about it. Either way, um, you can certainly edit footage enough to make it look. It'd be difficult to know, and that's what the judges are talking about here. Is that they are concerned that um, in a child porn case that it'll get muddled in the details as opposed to whether or not this person had child porn. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not really. Okay. Um, You you do understand the two different types of child porn I'm I'm discussing, right? Yes. Okay. The real thing and then the virtual thing. No, I'm talking about two different types of virtual. Oh, okay. The obviously virtual and the not so obvious. um, Right. Not so obvious virtual uh, child porn. The judges are concerned that a child porn case may get muddled in the details of whether or not it is, um, you know, it is in fact real child porn or um, not obvious virtual child porn. So they're saying they shouldn't have to get down into those details that if it looks like, if it, you know, looks like a duck, then it is a duck. Looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, then it is a duck. That's what they're saying. But they're also saying at the same time, that's what I thought when I first started reading the story, but then it says that well, the court rejected the guy's argument that there's in, that there, that it's indistinguishable because then prosecutors would have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that a real child was used before winning a conviction. So it sounds as though that the onus of proof is on the prosecution in order to prove that this is is indeed not virtual child porn. No, it I is think indeed that they, the real thing. They rejected its um, rejected his arguments. I don't know the the uh, part about it being indistinguishable. Um, it, it, it's, it's somewhere in the detail of it being indistinguishable because they don't believe that the prosecution should, in fact, have to do it. I'm not, you know, as far as uh, deciphering this person's English, I'm not willing to do that. Maybe what this guy, the uh, the child porn guy, the guy that was um, on trial, mm-hmm. Roger Tooley, maybe when he said that he's arguing that the real thing and the virtual thing are indistinguishable, maybe that he was trying to get out of it by suggesting, the, well, that's all, it's all virtual. Maybe yeah, that's what he was I'm trying sure to do. I'm sure that's what he was trying to do. I see. And, so, and it's a very clever argument. Huh. Interesting. Well, nonetheless, um, it's a it's kind of a it, it's a scary area, um, you know, f- just from it's an emotional issue. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that people take very seriously and they should. Uh, if it's real, then it's a very serious issue because then you're dealing with um, people that inevitably probably didn't consent mm-hmm. uh, to that particular uh, behavior and those photographs or whatever. Um, but in the event of somebody with drawings or computer-generated uh, fantasy, that's basically what that is at that point. It's it's fantasy. I don't think that we should be putting people in jail for that. I don't think that that should be the case at all. And, you know, it really calls into question um, the issue of there's a certain segment of porn out there that is targeted towards an audience that's looking for young people, like looking for teenagers, right? There are all kinds of, of all kinds of uh, websites dedicated to that. Right. And of course, they're only talking about 18 and 19 year olds. 
So right, what? Well, right, that's well. I mean, that's what's legal. So that's what's out there. Uh, and now maybe how do we know? Well, that's right. You don't and know. The if police, you're on one and of the those police don't spend a lot of time. Uh, you know, uh, I, I have heard people say that they have been charged for child porn when they, um, in fact. Didn't know that they had child porn. Right. They just thought they had pictures of girls. Right. That's what Women. my concern is. Because if you're on a website that purports to be legal and, you know, it's selling memberships, it's operating in public, it's maybe been operating for several years, and they claim there's, uh, you know, a legal disclaimer that says they've got information on file as far as who these girls are, they've got their driver's licenses, they're supposed to have all that information by law. So they claim that they do. Do they? Oh, we don't know. Um, do they b- purchase their pictures from other sources? That tends to be what happens Likely. in the, the Internet porn industry. Most porn sites aren't generating their own photos. They're buying prepackaged photo sets from essentially wholesalers, yeah. and they're reselling them. Now, I'm presuming that, that that stuff comes along with the required information, but... You know, even then, how do you really know that what they're claiming is true? How do you know that that wasn't a fake ID that the girl used? How do you know that you aren't looking at a 16-year-old instead of an 18-year-old? Right. You can go. Um, you can be charged with uh, having sex with a child under the age of uh, 18 or 16 or whatever it is in the state that uh, you happen to be in, and you could have asked for that girl's ID, mm-hmm. seen a fake ID, and still be still legally guilty. charged. Yep. Still statutory rape. You're by supposed the law. to somehow know. That's that's another issue. That's very disturbing. But, I mean, when it comes to these pictures, if you've just got a, a random photo that somebody sent you and then you get arrested for it and you have no way of knowing where it even came from, you've just got a, a file on your computer that's named XYZ123.jpg. How are you supposed to track down the original producer? How are you supposed to verify the claims? It's their claim against yours. They think it's a, a child. They think she's 17. You'll never find the producer. You think she's 19. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are totally free, so do enjoy those. On us, those features include the bulletin board system. We've got over a quarter of a million posts for you to surf around through serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all being discussed. It's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click Join Us Today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. 800-259-9231, discussing a topic that makes a lot of people, and rightfully so, very uncomfortable. It's child pornography. And the issue at hand was actually, you know, the difference between the real thing and virtual child porn. We've sort of gone past that point, and now we're sort of discussing the issue of the real thing, and that is, I'm curious, I wonder, because you don't know unless you're actually on the jury in each one of these uh, child porn cases, but I wonder, what percentage of child porn cases are actual, you know, actually involve real children? You know what I mean? Like, 
children who haven't even approached puberty. Children versus mm. teenage girls. I wonder about that. You know, what percentage of cases are just guys that had some pictures of, you know, a 16-year-old or a 15-year-old girl on their computer versus real children involved in sex acts? I'm just curious about that. There's no way to know, no way to ever get the statistics. Um, of course, the biggest collector of child porn in the country is the federal government. They have uh, a huge collection of it that's all on file for evidence purposes, of course. <laughs> so Disturbing. Yeah. I'm just curious about that. You think it's 50%? Do you think it's more than that? Do you think, I mean, because how much of it is really, is there really that much? I don't know. I know that there are definitely people out there that, uh, you know, pedophiles, Tried and true real life pedophiles, ones that want to have sex with kids. Right. Um, children. Real children. I think it's a disservice to uh, men in general, um, you know, people in general, to uh, call uh, an ephibiophile a pedophile. You know, but they do, and they get labeled that all of the time. Right, and a phobiophile being a guy that uh, wants to see young teen girls, you know, post-pubescent teen girls or right. uh, boys or whatever. Um, but you know, it's it's differentiated from um, you know the point of pubescence. In fact, um, in many countries around the world, the age of consent is far lower than here in the United it States. It would be pubescence. Even right. in Canada, for instance, it's as 14. low as 14. Now, they're thinking about raising it, but they've been thinking about that for a long time. They haven't done it. Um, in other countries, I mean, I haven't looked at the chart in a long time, but I think Spain, it's 13. So I don't know if that's the same. I don't know if it's the same age in those countries as far as modeling is concerned, nude modeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine it's probably not that low in Canada, maybe 16, 17 somewhere else. Who knows? But my point being, theoretically, it's possible that nude photos are being taken of teenage girls in other countries where it's fully legal for them to be taken. So there well, it's, are... It's in New Hampshire, um, you can have sex with um, a, a girl... 16. A 17-year-old girl, a 16-year-old girl. Um, if you take pictures now let's let's assume that i'm a 16 year old boy having sex with a 16 year old girl and right. i'm not um uh, and you haven't read any of the laws and i take pictures of it and distribute this on the internet have i committed child pornography by the law i think you have yes how bizarre yeah. i mean like we, we've got some holes in our laws here seriously what about the the guy who gets the um the pictures I've given He's them guilty. to him freely? Yep. Yeah, this is weird. And how is he supposed to know? If you didn't give them to him and say, hey, this is my 16-year-old girlfriend, how's he supposed to know? He's completely ignorant of the fact. It's not like he went and pulled them off of some kiddie porn website or something like that. You just send him a picture. But yet now he's as guilty as you are. And so, again, my, my theory here is, Mark, and again, I have nothing to back this up. But my theory is that since there's this huge discrepancy in the ages of consent around the world, there's probably a fairly large volume of teenage girls, nude, whether it's their boyfriend taking pictures of them or some professional photographer taking pictures, there's probably a fairly large volume of that going around the Internet. And so there must be more of that, just simply because of consumer demand. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just more guys that are going to be interested in teenage girls than are going to be interested in kids. Right. So there's going to be a large amount of that floating around on the Internet. None of it's traceable. None of it's backed up by any paperwork or any proof or evidence that these girls are over the age of 18, and in many countries it may not even be necessary. So inevitably there's a huge chunk of that floating around, and I wonder how much of that is getting guys thrown in jail cells. That's really what I'm curious about. 800-259-9231. And do you think they should be?
If you're listening to all this and you're, you're upset that we're even discussing this issue, do you think that people should be put in jail cells for, for instance, taking pictures of their 16-year-old girlfriend or boyfriend? Do you think that that should be a punishable offense? And it certainly so, happened. Yes. It, it has happened stories. to teenagers, mm-hmm. to uh, teen couples who obviously haven't read the laws. You and I haven't read the laws. We don't know what the, you don't know what the laws are, listeners. So these guys, these kids certainly haven't. They're just excited about being in a, you know, uh, having a boyfriend or a girlfriend and, uh, you know, sexually curious, uh, sort of feeling each other out. Parts. Right. And they and of course, every kid's got a digital camera on their cell phone these days. Yeah. Inevitably, the photos are going to be taken and, and distributed uh, and then on MySpace and then possibly fall into the wrong hands, that being the hands of law enforcement or some busybody that then turns them over to law enforcement. And then the kids are brought up on charges. And what we've seen happen is that both kids are brought up on charges. The, yeah, yeah. the female and the male typically charged sort of they're, – they're sort of Together. pitted against each other. Like, you know, you victimized him and, she, uh, and uh, he victimized you. You're both victims, right. even the, though you were consenting. The government shouldn't be able to tell you if you're a victim or not. Sorry. I mean, people should come to the government and say, I have been victimized – here is my case, and then that's when the police department should go into um, go to work. Because when the government starts deciding who's committed a crime and who hasn't, and that's when you know just huge mistakes are made. Right. And if you want to go after, by the way, making MySpace responsible for any uh, naked pictures that's on that website makes about as much sense as making Kodak responsible for the, um, the you know naked pictures being taken with their cameras. Yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. Look. If you want to go after the child porn producers, go and get them, please. They're they're putting kids in danger. Right, those they're people sickos. are bad. These kids can't possibly know what they're doing. They can't can't possibly know the ramifications. I'm not saying that teenagers know a whole lot about sex. They don't. Okay, they're they whatever they know about sex, they probably learn from one of their friends or a porno movie. And uh, but the fact is, they're a little bit more able to make those sorts of decisions than a child is. At least they're physically capable of engaging in those acts. Right. Most of the scarring, it seems to me, that comes uh, around teen sex is it comes from the adults' attitudes towards correct it. the society, uh, the societal disapproval about that, and which it also gets back to the issue of you know Puritanism in America and how it is that uh, the American sort of mentality towards sex, or at least as far as the government is concerned, and a lot of Americans share share this mentality, is don't do it! You shouldn't even talk about it! And I think that's really dangerous, because then you get kids who are too afraid to talk to their parents about sex, they have all these feelings, they have these desires, these wants and and needs, and and they can't talk about it. The weird thing about it is, society ceases to care once you turn 18 years old. They completely cease to care. Right. When you're 17, it's a huge, big, fat, hairy deal whether or not you decide to have sex when you're 18. Who cares? Right. When you're 17 and 364 days, it's a problem. But when you're 18 years old, then you can go ahead and strap yourself to a table and tie yourself up in ropes and do all kinds of craziness. Anyway, 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on the sexual repression of America. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is 
Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. And those features include live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. America is sexually repressed, and unfortunately, a lot of people are paying the price for that sexual repression, specifically males and females who may accidentally or on purpose get into a relationship with somebody a few years younger than them. They may be crossing the threshold of uh, legality, having perhaps uh, intercourse or relations with a girl or boy of 17 or 16 in some states and ending up in a jail cell as a result of it. Uh, and, and there's a variety of other uh, ramifications and things we could discuss, but we should go to the phones first. Ladies first on Free Talk Live. It's Tracy on the amplifier line. Hello, Tracy in Ohio. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, this is something that we definitely have to get rid of the current regulations on age to proceed with, but I think it might help people, and it's not like it would be mandatory, but what if what if you were allowed, as soon as you decided you were ready for sex or were thinking about it, allowed someone who was older, more of an adult, to train you, to teach you, there was somewhere to go to, instead of learning from someone your own age or younger and fumbling about like most of us have to do? Well, theoretically, you your, had... your parents should give you a battle plan, and uh, you know it's, it's your job to... Uh... Go out there and enact that battle plan as best you can. Well, there are some fathers who, instance, uh, for instance, will go and purchase a escort or something like that for their sons. My father sort of, offered me that. Is that sort of what you're what you're thinking of? That right, sort of service. Something much more um, less underground than that. Well, and sure, sure. You're talking about making that sort of a service a legal opportunity, more right. of an educational uh, aspect than anything else. And for women also, not just for men. Sure, I mean, sure. I was men just giving are pretty much example. the only ones that get that option now, and, right. and they're less likely to be punished, or the person they're sleeping with is less likely to punish, be punished, the prostitute or whatever, than a woman trying, or a girl trying to seek out a man. Well, there are certainly, um, I mean, in the adult world of sex, there are certainly plenty of similar um, opportunities. There are sex, uh, you know, there are sex advocates and sex clinics and sex spurts, if you will, Um, women and men who, uh, mostly women, but uh, women who give couples, for instance, tips and and tricks and and suggestions um, on on lovemaking and that sort of thing. But the point is, by that point, they're going for help with problems. Maybe right. if we started earlier, we wouldn't end up with the problems that you have to correct later on. We have so many people with sexual issues and repressions and conflicts, and maybe if we were allowed to seek out more experienced people to teach us about sex. You know, I wonder what, what would happen. Like, what would the laws be that would be broken? Since I don't know a damn thing about what all the laws are, what in theory, let's say in today's world, what if you, Tracy, wanted to go into business for yourself and provide this sort of service for the young people of America with the consent of their parents, of course, when, uh, let's say, some more, you know, some liberally thinking parents brought their kids into your place of business and they were, I don't know, 13. And uh, they said, okay, Tracy, we want you to, you know, give our kids the, uh, the rundown here. Give them the basics. Let them, you know, explain to them and uh, educate them on this whole sex thing. Here, use these dolls and uh, yeah. watch these videos. Dolls or videos. No, or- I'm, 
I'm what? not talking about dolls. In the I video, know what you're talking about. You're okay. talking about happy birthday, son. We're going to Nevada. I got but, it. But, but no, but actually teaching, well, I mean, obviously the laws we'd be breaking are the ones that you've already been discussing tonight. Um, they'd be underage. I wouldn't be. And I'd be thrown in jail for be like corrupting, corrupting minors a minor. Yeah, and, okay. And okay. for, um, yeah, whatever else we've So it wouldn't matter. About. It wouldn't matter to the state that the parents were involved in consenting to the process. It would be essentially the state bringing charges as they do with parents that, say, provide alcohol and a safe right. place to drink for their kids. Right, right. Yeah, those laws need to go issue. the hell away. If those laws went away, then you would be able to run a, run a business like that. How well received it would be in the population, I don't know. We may <laughs> still be too repressed in order for that. But There'd be a lot of lean years in the beginning, I, I, I would imagine. Maybe so. But nonetheless, I think it'd be interesting to see what the response would be there. And I like the idea, Tracy. Any other thoughts? No, that was it. Thanks for making the call. We appreciate uh-huh. hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I can see... Sending my kids to Tracy. <laughs> You're crazy. What's crazy about that? Oh, no. My kids have to fumble through it like I did. Why? Why what? Why, why not uh, have an educational opportunity? You teach them all kinds of things in their life. They're going to know not? what sex is, and that's where it all ends for me. <laughs> that, that, that's, so that's, that's all a, I've got to do. You've got that Puritan attitude, then. Um, I don't think the Puritan, the Puritan attitude, attitude is they don't even tell you what's going on. Yeah. They don't, you know, you've got to find out what sex is. Once you get married and get naked with your wife. So you'd say a thing or two to your kids. I, I, I would tell them as soon as they're ready to talk it about out on their own. Um, ask questions. I think they're ready for answers. Let's go to John in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Hello. By the What's time uh, he gets ready to tell his kids about it, uh, the kids will be giving him tips. <laughs> uh, Quite possible. Uh, you were talking about the discrepancies uh, between uh, other countries and the United States on uh, the age. Sure. Yeah. There are even discrepancies between state and state here. Oh, in absolutely. Here, here in the U.S., uh, I know New Mexico, the age of consent, used to be 14 years old. I don't know whether it's still that or not. I don't think it is still. It used to be that in Hawaii as well. It is no longer. Yeah. Uh but it still is legal for a 14-year-old in Texas, uh, Kentucky, several other states to get married with the uh, parental signature. Right. Now, if uh, someone, let's say an 18-year-old, marries a 14-year-old, and he's carrying a picture of her nude in his wallet, his wife, is he guilty of child pornography? Look, we've read stories on the air where um, the state uh, states have arrested uh, husbands uh, for having sex with their wives when their wives were underage. Yeah. Um, you know, so absolutely states, that's the problem when you give the state the power to, uh, you know, enact these laws is they're going to screw it up every single time. Well, not every single time, but every um, every time you give them the power, the pon- potential is that they're going to screw it up. So, yes, if you carried a, a picture around in your wallet of your um, 14, you know, 16-year-old wife naked and you were 21, well, You've committed child porn as far as the authorities are concerned. Well, which is more twisted, the American view of sex or the European view of violence? Over there, uh, sex isn't a big deal, but uh, they uh, restrict the ages on uh, movies with too much violence in them. I think as far as as make-believe goes, as far as uh, fiction, I don't think that there should be any restrictions on what it is that people write. Now, I know that people write some crazy, crazy stuff. But I'm just not for censorship. Um, now, when it comes to children in, in sexual movies, I can see a problem with that. But movies depicting fake violence, 
Nah. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about uh, children in these movies. Right, I'm right. just talking about uh, the uh, adult sex. Right, just the attitude. That's uh, okay here in the States would be un- would would be minor stuff in uh, Europe. Right, right. I've, However, seen, I, I've seen Italian television where they're, where they're showing totally boobs. Unacceptable what do you, how do Europe. you feel about it? I mean, what, what do you think the... Um... Oh, I'm totally against censorship. Right. My form, my only form of censorship is the power button on the radio, the TV, or shut the shut the book up. That's, if it offends me, yeah. shut it up there and you go. Uh, toss it in the dump. That's the way it ought to be. John, thanks for the call. Yeah. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Europe's messed up. I mean, it's they've got a whole set of problems there that we don't, you know, we're just kind of scratching the surface on over here. They're a lot more socialist uh, over there than we are here, though we're quickly catching up to them, apparently, uh, at least according to the uh, the Freedom of the World rankings. But as far as their attitude, as far as which attitude is worse, the American attitude towards sex or the European attitude towards violence, i got to say that the American attitude towards sex, I think, is probably worse. Because it's okay to be against violence. I mean, it's not okay to restrict movies and censor things. That's right. not okay. But as far as just the mental concepts of, okay, am I against sex or am I against violence? It makes a lot more sense to be against violence because in violence, people can get hurt and uh, their lives can be destroyed. With sex, yeah, you know, you could get somebody pregnant and that could damage somebody's life, but not in the same way as, uh, you know, breaking someone's arm or beating somebody up or violently uh, abusing them or assaulting them. And I think if we had a more se- a healthy attitude towards sex, it would go a long way to help this society. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Updates included. Get signed up for the updates at updates.freetalklive.com. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. That's updates.freetalklive.com. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. The toll-free telephone number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. We've been talking sex uh, this hour, and... We've covered a variety of different uh, issues, but they all really stem back to what I think are the Puritan roots of America, the sexual, this sort of sexually repressed culture that we have that really comes out in some negative ways. I mean, the sexual repression, I understand people don't want kids to have sex. You know, when I say kids, I mean teenagers. People don't want teenagers to to engage in sex, but the fact is they are, whether you like it or not. And uh, I remember my uh, well, my girlfriend was telling me that when she was young and she was uh, sort of uh, being promiscuous uh, at that time, she her mom didn't want her having sex, but all that really did, all her attitude did, was push her outside. You know, she, since she couldn't have sex or fool around inside her parents' house, she went out in you know to a, a house that was being built down the street and had sex in the laundry room there. I mean, so instead of doing it in a safe location, uh, it was done in some potentially dangerous locations. You know, the uh, the backs of cars and uh, strange, strange, deserted areas and that sort of thing. Places so, where. Teenagers have been having sex since they've the been dawn those, of time. Those, those places have been around. Yeah, exactly. And so, really, I mean, that's just one aspect. Then there's the whole lack of education aspect, which I think is probably the most damaging of all. You know, the idea that uh, you're somehow going to keep your kids away from sex is totally foolish, but people believe that they can, and so therefore they believe that it's okay to not tell them anything about it. So, not only are you not successful in 
um, in keeping your kids away from sex, but in also, since you haven't informed them anything, they don't know anything about it except what they learn in pornos, and that's not a good place to learn about sex. So then they ine- inevitably engage in dangerous behavior, like unprotected sex, where STDs can get spread around mm-hmm. and babies can get made, and that leads to all kinds of complications because then you've got families that think that, you know, well, if you're pregnant, then you have to go through with it, and that's why America, you know, we've got so many teenagers getting knocked up and having babies. That's not good for you. If you're 17 years old, you don't need to be having kids. No. I'd argue if you're 21, you don't need to be having kids. Well, um, that, that's up to the uh, 21-year-old, but it, it, it's going to change your life. That's absolutely true. We're continuing with the phone calls here. Let's talk to Dan in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Dan. Well, I, I just wanted to um, compare how, you know, you guys said that Yes. Uh, a child, you know, it's not proper for a child to be having sex, but you, you drew the line at a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what, pretty much what the government does at setting the age 18. That's what they deem to be, you know, the age of consent. Well, um, part I listen of the... to you guys all the time, and I, I, I'm fully for, you know, less government, less, you know, regulation, mm-hmm. things like that, but... Where do you draw the line? I mean, well, how dare the government draw a line in the first place? Shouldn't it be up to families and individuals who uh, decides when they engage in these behaviors? Well, sure, but I mean, if you turn the reel back, you guys said, well, we we definitely agree that children shouldn't be having sex, but you know, a fourteen-year-old maybe, yeah, that's okay. I, I'll give you the, uh, you know, my my opinion is generally a little more. Uh, Moderate than Ian's. I don't. I think that the government creates for itself a problem, creates crimes, uh, crimes in the making, uh, by setting the age of consent at 18 when the age of pubescence is generally somewhere around the age of 11. Do you understand what my problem? What the problem is? I mean, you you have people that want to have sex that are fully adults in the physical sense, um, and you make it illegal for them to have sex. How long do you think you'd go if they made the age of consent 75? Well, see, that's that's not what the age of consent is. You know, that that's a good point. I agree with that. It'd be very tough. But what they're saying is, somebody who is an adult. I mean, you're a creep if you're going if you're 18, 20, and you're going after. You know, high school girls. That may well, be the case. Hold on, a creep eight, shouldn't be against the 18, law. An eighteen-year-old boy can still, or eighteen-year-old man can still be in high school. So, um, let's let's say a twenty-five-year-old dating a uh, girl in high school. Okay. You know, twenty-five-year-old um, dating a girl in high school. I, I think he's got I a problem. I wouldn't hang out with the guy. But I don't think I don't think that he should be. Do you want to put him in jail? Um, I don't know what I'd make the call on that. Well, the the state will put the man in jail, and that's the problem. There are guys like him that are sitting in jail cells, and we're all paying for them to sit in those jail cells. And who are we to say if they're creepy or not? We might think that they are, but you know, in these guys' case, many a lot of guys they're uh, they're 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 kind of um, they're not sure about sex. They they haven't really uh, connected with uh, people their age. They aren't really able to communicate with people their age. So maybe they feel more comfortable talking with uh, with younger kids. And, of course, inevitably, there are going to be those guys that are just victimizers. They just want to go and, and have sex with, with young girls. So, I mean, and that's w- where I'd draw the line for my decision would be I'm willing to protect 
um, you know, vulnerable young girls. Well, I'm not sure it, that I'm not I'm sure sorry that, that it's going to hurt some weaklings that maybe aren't going to be able to socialize with their own age, like you mentioned. But yeah. you are protecting. Hold on, them. Hold on. Bef- before we go any farther, um, now when you talk about uh, victimizing young girls, what you're imagining is your daughter or um, your imaginary daughter or whatever. Um, now, likely, if you're a good parent and you've um, talked about these things with your daughter, your daughter's not going to have that problem. She's going to date, uh, you know, people her own age because and she's you'll proper, know who they are. She's properly socialized. The problem comes in um, really when it's all repressed and they're told no, and um, you're talking about you know families that don't the communication's bad. You know, there, there's it's generally the indication of a much larger problem. Locking that guy in jail likely isn't going to solve the problem. It's not going to make the girl less promiscuous. Right. The fact that she's with that guy is a symptom of a parenting problem. It's a symptom of a, of a problem at home, it seems to me. Because okay, it, well, my question for you guys then is... Sure. If, if, if we can't draw the line somewhere around, you know, 18, like the government has, then where do we draw that line? Do we I, say you can be six or seven... Or were you saying when your genitals come into um, fruition and you're capable of having sex? Okay. I think that's too young. Now, um, I understand what you're saying. Uh, now, think about Canada for a second. You're in Montana, right? Uh, just across yeah. the border there, uh, a few hundred miles north. And is it Alberta that's directly north of you? Uh-huh. Um, My wife's from Alberta. It, it is legal for a... For, for a fourteen for me to have sex with a fourteen year old girl. Technically, that's illegal um, by U.S. law. It's illegal for you as a U.S. citizen to cross borders for the me, purposes of a 30, sex. You know, me being a thirty six year old Canadian citizen. Correct. Um, a thirty six year old Canadian citizen can have sex with a fourteen year old Canadian um, girl. Do you see a lot of problems there? Or do you um, think that the parents yeah. being forewarned of these possibilities perhaps take um, you know take measures in order to keep their uh, Teenage daughters away from weird. Right. Well, like I that. see a problem because you know, like you're saying, my imaginary daughter. Right. Or you know, I do have a daughter, but she's not old the, enough. That, like you said, um, the the people with the family problems, they're usually the ones that are going to fall into that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we got to protect them too. No, we don't. I don't think don't you have, can. No. Well, you can. Putting a guy in a jail cell isn't protecting them. That's after the fact. The damage has already been done. If if you don't think we can protect them, then it should just be allowed. Even though we, we, I would personally we set the age of fourteen. Life, I if, think if that you want, if you want, a, if you want a number out of me, I will, I will tell you that I would personally um, set the age at fourteen. Therefore, cutting down on a, a lot of these guys, uh, you know, 19, 20, 21-year-old guys that get put in prison, get sexual offender status for the rest of their life for having sex with a 15, 16-year-old girl. I think that's nuts. Yep, it's absolutely nuts. And as you know, you may find it despicable, but the correct approach, Dan, is the correct approach is ostracism. If you don't like what's going on in one particular family, you don't think they're raising their kids right, don't let your kids hang out with them and make it very clear to those parents that you think that they've made a mistake, that they've messed up, and that, uh, that, you know, you're going to punish them on a personal level for it. But to, uh, to spend $50,000 a year or whatever to put the guy in jail for, uh, for engaging in a sex act, that seems like just insanity to me. That's how that was handled. Uh, you know, that's how it was handled before the government went into um, the business of locking people up for having underage sex. Thanks for the call. We really appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 
you know, again, it's such a tough issue because it's so emotional for people. But mm-hmm. you have to also remember that, you know, there's two sides to every story. Not only are there the guys that want to take advantage of, of young girls, mm-hmm. but there are also the young girls. girls that want to have sex with older guys. That, exactly right. What do you do about that one? Yeah. I mean, to act as though all of these teenage girls are so innocent and pure and they don't know what they're doing. Uh, sorry, it's not quite that way. Talk to one of them that's honest with you about it. <laughs> Maybe she'll be a little older. Talk to her when she's in her 20s and ask her what she did when she was young. And ask her if she knew what she was doing. You'll be shocked. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. As we roll into hour number two of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Coming up, a story out of uh, the Santa Cruz area, actually, about water and how you aren't allowed to use it anymore. Uh, apparently at all in your front uh, front lawn. Let's continue, though, with the phone calls. Uh, from last hour, we were talking about sexual repression in America. Let's go to Matt in Illinois on the amplifier line. Hello, Matt. Good evening, guys. How are you? Good evening. What's on your mind? Uh, earlier in the show, you were talking about a guy in jail who was uh, self-pleasuring, and uh, they brought charges against him. Right. That's correct. Yeah, my wife is a sleep therapist. And um, she sees that actually quite often. Wait, in sleep, like as like a sleep uh, pleasuring sort of thing? No, uh, no, they're they're awake. She's doing a study, and they'll uncover themselves, even though they're on camera. And, uh, and <laughs> wait a minute, uh, just pleasure themselves right there. These are regular people that are involved in a sleep study, and because they're just bored or think they're alone, that they. they they decide that that's an appropriate time for that sort of thing? I think they're trying to uh, impress somebody is what I think the problem is. I really? You mean, you mean they, they, know your wife, they know your wife yes. is watching the camera and they're showing off for her? Yes. Oh, my. It's happened. Um, you know, I, I said quite often that it's happened a couple of times. How does she take so, that? She ignores it. She's not offended? Sure she's offended. Why? She's, What's, aff- what's um, offensive about it? Well, you'd have to ask her that. Oh, okay, fair enough. I mean, I I can't uh, I can't speak for her. I I'm I'm only um, I, I never really asked her. Well, were you offended? Um, I, you know, I might have in, imposed my own that I would have been offended because I just think that that's disrespectful to a person to um, you know start. Yeah, that that may be the case, and I could see how people could, I could see how people would interpret it that way. But I sort of I sort of liken it to um, like when I get compliments from gay men. I'm not a gay guy myself, but a uh, gay a lot of uh, more I, a lot of people, a lot of guys who are kind of um, they're not in touch with themselves. They're sort of repressed sexually. They might take offense if a gay guy came up and gave them a compliment. But for me, I I'll take that as a compliment. As far Thank as you I'm very concerned, much. As far as I'm concerned, what you're talking about there, a, a guy pleasuring himself, not not on camera necessarily as so much, but you know, in real life, in front of a a, a, a female prison guard or a, you know, a woman who's in a uh, um, doing you know, sleep deprivation study or something like that. It's a prelude to a sexual assault. 
I really think if the woman just said, hmm, that's very interesting, <laughs> Mr. Johnson, that she is real. Because if you're talking about a guy that is, you know, sick and weird enough to go, um, yeah. you know, face to face with a woman doing what he's doing. That is pretty weird. And um, she just, oh, he's just, well, that's very, I wouldn't want to, you know, step on your rights <laughs> to be naked and touch yourself in front of me. Um, you know, some woman who's that stupid is just set up ripe for a sexual assault. Hmm. Are they- that could that could very well be. My wife just referred to them as thumpers. Yeah. <laughs> and um, your wife's uh, a little more removed. There, there was one one incident where she did have to call uh, security to tell the guy to stop it. And was he security hanging from the life. chandelier? Uh, well, if if you're um, practicing your autoeroticism uh-huh. and a big black guy comes in and tells you to stop it. I think yeah, you're probably going to stop. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. over. Stopping right away. So was that all you wanted to share with us today? Um, well, the other thing was, is the, uh, you know, you, you, you went on to talk about uh, other sexual issues and uh, child pornography and stuff like that and the age of consent. And I think that that's indicative of a, of a larger problem with application of the law in general in this country. You know, every case needs to be taken on a case-by-case basis, mm. and they, they have a tendency to just blanket the laws. So it doesn't matter whether you're 19 and she's 16. The law says she can't have sex when she's under 16. And by God, we're going to... Enforce it. We're going to enforce it. Yeah. But that's how, so, that's how it works with all the laws. I mean, are, you're not I, shocked about that. That's how it works with everything. If, if, if it says it in the law, these government bureaucrats follow it just like they're automatons. They can't, uh, in many cases, they couldn't uh, stray from that even if they wanted to. Exactly. And that's, and that's my point is that we need to get back to a judge or an adjudicator or somebody being able to make a reasonable decision on a case-by-case basis. Better yet, here's a reasonable here's a reasonable suggestion. Let's make it so the state can't bring charges anymore on, right. on these issues. Right. You have to. You have to. If you're if you're the one that was harmed, you have to be the one that brings charges, especially on the sex issues, because you know, like you said, my my mom was 16 and my dad was 25 when they started going out. Now, does that make your dad a creep, as the uh, the, the last guy was suggesting on the on the air last hour? Well, he has eight kids. They've been married for well over 50 years. Now, and people but, are going to say, well, times were different. Times were that different. No, 16-year-old we're girls were still 16. In fact, right. if times Probably. were different, so what? Well, I mean, you know, people should be able to, uh, you know, just because times are different in your culture, there's all kinds of cultures in America, all kinds of them. Right. I mean, just go to the Chinese restaurant and tell me that there's not a different culture in America. Well, now, back in uh, when your dad was 25, then uh, your 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 mom at 16 may not have been as well-developed as 16-year-olds are today. You know, people have suggested that the hormones in the beef are actually encouraging, or hom- hormones in milk or whatever, are encouraging uh, kids to sort of develop faster. So one could argue that he was even more of a creep because she might not have been as, uh, you know, as well-endowed or well-developed as, uh, as a 16-year-old today. Uh, you know, what was going through his head at the time? I mean, was he somebody that liked to hang out with younger people? Did he not connect well with, uh, with his generation or with, the, with people his age? I'm not, not going to speak to him or, or for him, but I, I would imagine that that wasn't it at all. Yeah, I think it was just common. I'm thinking that there was an emotional attachment here. They got married. They're still married. They've been married for 56 years. 
Hmm. They had eight kids together. Yep. Where they did they meet? Life together, a relationship. What town? What it town did they life? meet in? I mean, largely towns were much smaller then, and the pool of women from whom to choose to smaller marry pool. was was small. I mean, you know, so the naturally the ages that uh, people looked at broadened. Well, okay, you know, here's the story. My father was an uh, orphan. His his dad died when he was 11. He he was in Colorado. They came from Colorado to Illinois to a place called Moose Heart, which is an orphanage, uh, with his mom. His mom was a cook in a house. He graduated from uh, high school from Moose Heart, went to Colorado, went on to college, got a degree in teaching, came back here to McHenry one night. My mom was the daughter of the chief of police in that city. Wow. That the parents, my mom's parents, knew what was going on, and they didn't disapprove of it. Didn't even they bat let an it eye. Take place, right? I don't see why. I don't see why it's that big of a deal. That's an amazing story, really. And my, you know, my father had a future at that time. My father was going to be a teacher. They knew it. Uh, when they when they decided to get married and they asked, if, you know, the, the the dates and things were were supervised. They were hmm. chaperoned. Of course, there'd be times when the chaperones were looking or whatever. And sure. Something might have happened and gone on. But, you know, everything was, was on the up and up from the parents. And my father had, they knew he had a future in front of him. Now, imagine, imagine that happening today and, uh, you know, the, somebody in the in government getting wind of it somehow. Maybe she spilled the beans to her friend or accidentally told mom who had a problem with it. Charges are brought and your dad spends, uh, you know, five, I don't know how, what the average sentence is for statutory rape. It's several years. Your dad spends, let's say, five years in prison for it. Would that have made oh. him a better man? No, wait, wait. It, 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 this is the standard now is they're going with that uh, Jessica's law, and they're making it 25 years for a first offense. What? In Illinois? It, it's supposed to go nationwide. They're trying to get everybody. Right now, oh I think goodness. Oklahoma was the first one to uh, pass it. There's a couple, or Texas. Texas has passed it. You do this, if you're 25 years old and you're caught with a 16-year-old, you're spending 25 years in jail minimum. Amazing. You know, um, every every law that has somebody's name in front of it gets passed, so watch out, fellas. <laughs> hey, Matt, thanks for the call. It was a great story. Really appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Last hour, we had a guy saying that his dad would have been a creep for doing something like that. Now, I came to their defense and said, you don't know. You don't know what their individual situations were. You don't know what the circumstances are. Yeah, there may be some creepy 25-year-old guys, but that doesn't mean that everyone who's 25 and is uh, is taking that path is necessarily a creep, because you don't know these people. Individual circumstances vary, and that should be a factor in these cases. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free. We've got archives, an entire year's worth of the show. Front page of the website. You go download them for free at freetalklive.com. And did you know that nine out of ten lawsuits in the world are filed right here in the United States? Any number of lawsuits, court orders, or greedy bureaucrats could leave you and your family penniless. At keepyourassets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. You'll see that keepyourassets.net can help you be protected against those that wish to take your assets. That's keepyourassets.net. 
talking about sexual repression on the way. We'll talk about the lawn police, but first, to the phones to Mac in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Mac. Hey, guys. Long time no talk. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, you know, uh, I was going to bring this about. Uh, I wanted to say the the laws of today are, are uh, different than the laws in the past because they're dumbing our children down and they're making them, you know, be children longer and longer and longer. Mm-hmm. And they're creating more problems through their education system so that while they're in the education system, they don't really learn anything. And eventually, they've always got a prison cell for them. And so they make everything more and more difficult to uh, exist in society. You know, I mean, they keep putting more and more regs on us. I mean, if these laws were these laws were in in effect uh, in 1962, then I wouldn't have been. Well, I may have been born, but my dad probably would have been in jail. What was your parents' situation? Well, mom and dad started going out. Uh, Mom was 14. Dad was uh, 16. Uh, mom had me when she was 16. Dad was 18. Uh, they packed me up when I was six weeks old. We left uh, Pennsylvania and moved to Oregon. And Dad worked for 35 years in Oregon, and they stayed together until uh, cancer took him here a couple years ago. Mm. Was your dad a uh, sicko or a pervert? Oh no, my dad was the hardest working good man that I ever knew. Yep, but you're right. He would have been in. He would have put been put in a jail cell had that happened today. You're absolutely right, and that would not have helped the situation at all. Can you imagine that? You, uh, your dad, like imagine that happening today. Your dad knocks up your uh, dad knocks up your mom, and then uh, he gets put into a jail cell, and then she gets to raise you uh, by herself for five years. That would really help the situation, wouldn't it? Or the state. Right. It's just yeah, a mess. But- and see, they don't. Back then, they taught responsibility. They taught uh, things in school that mattered, so uh, young people could get out of school and be productive citizens. And I mean, most of the people back then didn't go to college. Most people went straight into work. Right. It was about it was about responsibility, and they've taken that away from our kids nowadays and told them that they don't have to be responsible, and, and yet. A jail cell for you. Thank you, Mac, for the call. Really appreciate hearing the story. 800-259-9231, and I agree completely with what he's putting out there, and that is that uh, kids are being dumbed down by the system. It's it, It's been going on for a long time. It's been getting progressively worse uh, year after year, the government indoctrination of, of young people in this country. They're basically cranking out a lower class, a working class uh, person, somebody that's purpose in life has been deemed by the bureaucrats to be factory worker, job holder, somebody that's not going to question the box that they've been put in, somebody that's been just given the most basic of education so they can add maybe two and two, and they can do some basic multiplication or division perhaps, but beyond the basics, they aren't very well you know, educated, they certainly don't know philosophy or world, they're not worldly, uh, they're not critical thinkers. They they just exist. Uh, they subsist. And and he's absolutely right that government it it totally takes responsibility out of the hands of people and it tries to make them feel good about it. It uh, tells them, hey, you shouldn't have to be responsible for saving for a retirement. Yeah. You shouldn't be have to be, have to be responsible for taking care of your parents. You shouldn't be have to be responsible for fill in the blank. And government says we'll step in. We'll take care of all that for you. And that 
contributes to mental laziness. I, I would absolutely agree that government schools don't spend any time uh, teaching kids how to think, how to uh, problem solve. Um, you know, largely it's uh, put the number, put the answer on the the line, that kind of thing. They they teach to tests. Right. These tests are usually multiple choice. Um, they certainly don't teach you to question authority. That's I for think damn they spend, sure. I think they spend an, an inordinate amount of time uh, assigning seats, making sure you're in your assigned mm-hmm. seat, moving uh, moving them like cattle from one room to the uh, to the other, and then you have sitting to ask on more permission to go seat. to the bathroom too. Don't forget yeah, that a lot of that stuff. And I, I I don't think that that really prepares kids for the real world. Then no some way. of the, some of the things that even they consider advanced academics. I don't really understand. I, I don't know why they teach them. I took um, trigonometry and analytic geometry. I think that's great for the engineers of the world, and yeah. I think they should be taking it. Um, did it? It hasn't served me. I, I don't need to know what the sine, the right. cosine, and the tangent of a triangle is in my daily life. I um I could see some use for algebra because algebra helps you sort of think a little bit outside of the box as far as x. You know what is x? Mm-hmm. So I can see some use for that. But beyond that, um, I remember when I got into pre-calculus in that's government school, anatomy, trigonometry. Um, I got into pre-calculus, and I felt the same way, man. You know, it, I knew that I wasn't going to utilize this in my life. I had no interest in an engineering sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I could tell that by that time in my life. And so what did I do? I cheated my way through the class. Um, I, I, you know, the whole class was cheating. You wouldn't believe this, but the woman who was teaching the class would sit up at the front of the class. She was this huge beast of a woman, <laughs> and she didn't like to move around because it was obviously difficult for her. She would just sit there and grade the earlier tests from the classes that were there in, earlier in the day, and she would just look down the entire time that we were taking that same test. And so answers were going across the aisle, you know, we're passing sheets back and forth. There was the entire class was involved. I kid you not. 100% of the class was involved in cheating. If it weren't 100% of the class, then if there was a goody-goody in there, he would have snitched us out because he would have known. It was so blatantly obvious that the class was cheating. I don't know how it could be that the teacher didn't know it. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I had never seen anything like that in my entire history of, uh, of being in, in government school education, and I engaged right along with it. I mean, I was better than uh, some of the kids at at the uh, the test, so I was actually one of the sources for answers more so than anything else. Yeah. But uh, but nonetheless, teaching really uh, excuse me, cheating really cheats you, not the oh, it's true, teacher. but but it only really cheats you if you honestly want to pursue that sort of a vocation. And uh, I was not interested in that. So essentially, that whole class, that 50 minutes a day or whatever it was that I spent in that class, was a total wash. Mm-hmm. I could have been doing something else. I could have been learning a skill. I could have been I, I think making that, money. What, the, um, what they don't teach kids is how to get to work on time. Um, right. You know, there's the, the, the Dealing weird, with customers. The weird punishments and all that stuff that, that public school has. Look, the public school can't kick a, kick a kid out for being late. But a private school can, if you're chronically late, a pri- private school can say, look, you're just not fitting up to our curriculum here. You're going to have to, I'm sorry, you're going to have to find another school. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. So whether you want to talk about uh, sex and how absurd the laws in this country are, uh, or the dumbing down of society, the dumbing down of kids in the government school system, which is, it's a fact. All you have to do is look at the test scores. Look at look at how the federal government has gotten involved in education, the amount of money that they've been distributing to local governments, amount of your tax dollars. Look at the amount of money it goes up, and almost at the same rate, the educational quotient goes down, the test scores go down. It's it's just a mess. 
and your kids are suffering for it, unless they're homeschooled or in private schools, in which case they're probably fine. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. The Lawn Cops coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site for free, including the wiki. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to explore that. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. As we go to the phones, to the fun, Kent in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Kent. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, Just wanted to give you an update on my run-in last night with the lawn police in my village. Yeah, Um, what happened? Well, uh, to recap what happened last night... um, I was visited by a police officer who told me that I needed to bring my lawn up to code and was pointing out all my flowers. Now, I've, I have had this run-in before uh, in previous years, and so I took the initiative last time that it happened and went and got uh, at least uh, looking at the ordinance that she was referencing as far as my yard being in violation of. Mm-hmm. The, the particulars of this particular ordinance stated out uh, specific weeds that were not allowed to be grown, <laughs> as well as uh, lawn heights of no greater than 18 inches in height. Huh. Okay. That's a pretty long now, piece of grass. Yeah. The intent of the law was to make sure that uh, derelict homes weren't just abandoned and the lawns were allowed to grow up forever and cause a tick violate, you know, tick and flea kind of infestation sure. thing. Right. So, um <laughs> it's it's just the whole difference caught. where the uh, spirit of the law, fa- and, uh, you know, is no longer uh, looked at, and it's all about the letter of the law. Yep, absolutely. Where can absolutely. we give a ticket? Right. Well, my lawn is a lot different than my neighbors' lawns. Uh, they like to cut their grass very short, so it turns brown in the summer. I leave mine between three and four inches. I have a lot of different uh, foliage and flowering plants out in the front lawn that are mm-hmm. not really contained by any mulch garden border or anything ah, like so it that. confuses them yes it does it does it very much confuses them to the point that they'd have to uh stick the police on me to conform to their uh little brick houses uh, on the hillside look <laughs> uh but um the police officer in question was uh, very adamant on the fact that she knew about horticulture because she had a degree in horticulture and uh she also owns a landscaping business and that uh I need to contain my uh, yard. And uh, I'm a little confused on how you contain nature in the first place, but on the second side, I I was explaining to her, since she told me her qualifications in horticulture, that, oh, well, this is my crown vetch, and here's my irises and saponaria and Mm -hmm. birea, and this is mustard plant that's all nice and tall and blooming very beautifully. And, uh, well, it was just needed to be contained. and that. 
So her objection was that some of your flowers were too tall. Wasn't that what it was? Well, not just too tall, but uh, just unkempt. You know, it didn't look nice like everybody else's yard. I should go out and buy some mulch. And uh, contain was a, a u- word used repeatedly. It, it doesn't. It doesn't uh, allow for any creativity and uh, you know no. what you do as far as your lawn and that kind of thing. Was Correct. that the violation? The fact that uh, what was it that she cited you with? Was it an uncontained lawn or what? Well, well, what's interesting is that she gave me 24 hours. Well, she didn't even say 24 hours. She just said she was going to come back by tomorrow. Uh-huh. And this was yesterday. Come back by today and, and look at it again. And uh, I told her, well, that's fine. You can come back over. But I'm not pulling out my mustard plants and irises. I'm not, I'm not doing it. So thank well, you very much. Maybe you should nice ask day. about um, it. It sounds like her degree might be uh, questionable. Uh, maybe you should poke around on that and she'll be so embarrassed she goes away. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Did, maybe. did she come back? No. no. Interesting. So not you did all. not get a ticket. She just threatened you and said she'd be back. Right. Well, and she pretty much uh, ran away from me last night when I started citing to her the, the specifics of the ordinance. Uh, she got a little little upset with me and ran away. Hmm. So that was nice. Um, but I also wanted to comment on something you were saying a little earlier about education. Yeah. Uh, I happen to be a state-certified educator in Illinois. I've taught at, for five years in the public schools. Right now I'm teaching at a uh, medical college. And you're absolutely right. There has been a complete dumbing down of the education system from the inside. What do you uh, have to they, back up that claim? Well, what I have is... Uh, at the school that I was teaching at, the administration, through the principal and superintendent, wanted to have a uh, program in place that would help the incoming freshmen adjust to high school life. Um, in this school district, they have a middle school mentality and not the junior high school mentality. Uh, middle school deals with teen teachers. Uh, the same group of teachers have the same group of kids. They have a, a planning session where they try to plan the lessons together, which doesn't end up that way. What ends up happening is it becomes a gossip session about the bad students that they have. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of group work, a lot of teamwork, a lot of group grades. They have bathroom time that's scheduled in the middle school. So they all held hands, and boys line up on the left, girls line up on the right. And we're talking about 7th and 8th graders. That sounds like elementary school stuff. That's correct. That's correct. Now... Um, I actually proposed for the high school a, a very intricate program that was very well outlined that incorporated a team of three teachers that would work with a core group of students and focus on integration of curriculum between, like, say, for example, you had a reading specialist, an English teacher, and a history teacher. The lessons would be developed around the history teacher teaching history. The English teacher would help uh, reinforce the grammar and structure and punctuation and papers and written work and mm-hmm. the reading instructor would be there for helping reading for understanding and comprehension. I had the schedule all made out. Um, superintendent came from the board office, shook my hand and told me it was a wonderful program but will never implement it in this school. Why? What they ended up doing, because it would be too difficult. <laughs> too difficult to too implement? difficult for the students. Oh, I and, see. And uh, um, what they ended up doing was taking the middle school model and moving it to the ninth grade and created the exact same environment from the middle school at the high school level. So it wasn't a matter of getting the students to adjust. It was a matter of recreating the environment that they had become used to. 
Hmm. Wow. So essentially, you've you've already described what was going on at the middle school level with kids waiting in lines for bathrooms and just sort of treating them as though they're little kids. Um, that's now advanced into the ninth grade um, so to make them feel more welcomed into high school. That's pretty Correct. disturbing. And I wasn't surprised. I, I was already predicting in my mind when you were telling me of your brilliant plan that they would shoot it down because that's how it works. They have their one-size-fits-all curriculum, and anybody that wants to think outside of the box – any teacher that wants to innovate in the government school system is immediately shut down. They're discouraged. They are told that's not part of the plan, that if they are to follow their plan on their own, they will be in trouble for it. You but cannot step is, outside of the box. But that is completely contradictory to the education courses that uh, future teachers get at the university and college level. Really? Because at the university and college level, teachers are, well, uh, students at that level are taught how teachers are supposed to think out of the box and create grand and new ideas and collaborate with multidisciplinary uh, curriculums. And well, you can actually do that when you're in a private school. Not, well, but I, what I'm saying is this, this is what the teachers are taught in college right. on how to become a good and effective teacher in the school systems. It's, it's, they're teaching you completely contradictory practices to what you are expected to adhere to once you're in the school system. Mm. Kent, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that with us. We really appreciate it. And keep us up to date on what happens with the uh, the cop threatening your lawn. Thanks for the call. The the main problem with our uh, education school system is we've we've taken teachers and we've turned them into bureaucrats. When it comes to the public school system, um, you know, government officials are not incentivized the same way as those of us in the free market. Nope. They're incentivized to cover their butts, to make sure that they don't do anything. Um, I- I- doing anything can be considered wrong, so they don't. They, so they do nothing. Uh, sure. You know, they're they're just incentivized in, in a very wrong way. Failure is rewarded. There are no mar- virtually no market signals for them to respond to. No profit incentive. Uh, I mean, it's just a mess, and it's all the government's fault. You can chime in. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free. You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? Then become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. For as little as 3 bucks a month, you can help Free Talk Live spread the message of freedom and liberty around the world and around the country. Get all the details. Learn about the perks you'll get access to and more it's all there at amp.freetalklive.com so uh let's jump in real quick into this story out of santa cruz Mark, because mm-hmm. i want to make sure we get to it before the night's over uh the lawn police what's right. going on it says uh here from uh let's see k-i-n-o-46.com k-i-o-n excuse me 46.com Santa Cruz, California. Officials are reminding people who live in santa cruz that the ban on outdoor watering between the hours of 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. is critical this time of year. They say that during the summer months, people tend to use more water, and it's also the time that there's less water available. Santa Cruz Water Police... Santa Cruz Water Police. Yeah. There's Water Police. Are actually getting (laughs) flooded with calls from neighbors reporting water wasters. 
The city decided to put water restrictions oh in place to prepare for yet another dry, dry year. Oh, I feel so sorry for you people. I don't know what to say about water police. I don't know. I mean, do they have badges that have little, you know, little pools of water beneath them? Is there a you special know? number that you can call to snitch I'm sure, out? Absolutely. There's got to be a, 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 you know, a water wasting snitch. Dial five one one if you spot someone wasting water. But you know, forget that. It's it's a um, bad idea to water your lawn between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. anyway. Because it's just not the it's not the time that the lawn needs the water really. Mm, it's not um, as absorbed that right. At that you're time. wasting your money when you do it, and, and all kinds of reasons. But forget that for a second. I want I want to step completely out of the paradigm where we are. The paradigm where Santa Cruz controls water. This happens, by the way, all over the country. This, is, th- this works in, for every in every Sarasota, city. They had days you had to do it on the odd days if right. you're which is still ludicrous. Right. Um, but step out of the paradigm where the city or the county or whatever municipality controls the water, as though they need to, and step into the world where perhaps a company provides you with water. Maybe there's competing companies that um, decide whether or not they can provide you with water. How they get that water to you? Completely beyond me. The free market will take care of it if that's the case. But imagine that it's a company that's providing you water and not the government. Mm-hmm. Would that company tell you you can't water between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. during the day? And if you did, would they put you, uh, fine you or put you in jail or put a lien against your house if Who you did? Who would sign that agreement? That'd be crazy. It'd be nuts. The fact is what they would do is they would have some kind of tracking system because they're selling you water, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, just a guess, the first 100 gallons would be a nickel apiece. The second hundred gallons, ten cents. It goes up. Uh, it doubles every hundred gallons you use. Now you don't it have any idea the... as far as pricing because it water's cheaper than that today. But nonetheless, you're just, just giving an example. I'm just giving an example because that's tiered pricing. How the market would handle it. Right. The, 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 certainly, the company would want to be able to provide water to everyone. Um, they would, you know, it, it, it doesn't make any sense at all that they would uh, want to stifle people's consumption. They would, however, likely um, need to have water for everybody, so they're going to have to put, you know. This water at some uh, level, it makes perfectly good sense to me that uh, this would be the way that things happen. I think that people should be able to buy water and water their lawn, waste it, let it get evaporated. Right, if they pay the if price. They, if they feel like it. You should pay the price through your pocketbook instead of going to a jail cell. And, and by the way, paying a multi-hundred dollar fine to the government isn't going to get the water back, that's for sure. You know, government is so awful at doing everything it does. Whether it be educating your kids, as we were talking about a moment ago, or whether it be building roads, they're not so great at that either, but they get the job done eventually. Well, who, who's in competition someone. with them? Right. I mean, it's not like you—it's not like there's another road out there by a uh, road uh, building company that we can look at that the government, uh, you know, that shows that in fact the government's doing a crappy job building well, there roads. Are there are some private roads. There huge are. road building technologies, but there's still uh, there are some Disney World, for there, instance. There are some um, nice. private roads, but there's still not companies out there competing in the arena right, of true. building roads. And and so if you look at all of the areas government is just so awful at, why in the world would we want government to be in charge of water? Do we want government to be in charge of food? I mean, if if indeed, right. if it's true, the premise, if we should accept the premise that, oh, well, uh, water's too important and the market shouldn't handle water. It needs to be ha- handled by the government. Well, then why don't we accept that premise for food? Look at how abundant food is in America because the marketplace handles it. Look at the thousands of products on the shelf at your local grocery store. Look, Look at the five different grocery stores that you can go shop at. Look how often you have to worry about contamination in your water currently. Look, I've seen public housing. I don't want your public water. 
I turned on the water here um, a, a few months ago and was about to fill up a drink, and it started coming out yellow. I thought it was something. Rust I thought it was. Pipe or something. Yeah, it was the pipes around here are so old, like circa the mm-hmm. 1800s, that these rust chunks break off from time to time, mm-hmm. and they just c- completely contaminate the water. You just have to wait. You have to wait until they go in, and the water flushes out. Or I don't know what. It, I don't know how it goes away. I don't know what they do to to fix the problem. But I sure as hell wasn't going to bathe in that stuff. That was nasty looking water. So imagine how more, how much more abundant the the water supply could be if we let people in search of profit actually handle the distribution of it. You know, probably there wouldn't be any restrictions on when you could and when you couldn't use it, and it might even be offered at a cheaper rate than it currently is today. So who knows what things would be like? But the fact is, things would be taken care of better. You want evidence? Go uh, and watch John Stossel Goes to Washington. You might be able to pull it up online. I'm not sure. But if you can find a copy of that, it's a great video by John Stossel from ABC News where he doesn't look at a private, necessarily 100% private solution to water. But what he did look at was the difference between a completely government-controlled water supply Mm -hmm. and a water supply where the government turned it over to private hands. So it was sort of still, you know, tied into the government, but not as much. A a government-sanctioned monopoly. Right. What they found was that when they did that, the government bureaucrats who, prior to the changeover in this particular town, it was in New Jersey, Mm -hmm. the government bureaucrats, they didn't care about fixing the pipes. They They said they couldn't do it. They couldn't. Right. It's unmanageable. Yeah, see, we got donuts to eat. And then all of a sudden, when they switched over to this private paradigm, these people that had been so listless in their jobs and in their lives all of a sudden got re-energized. They were energized because they were actually getting, you know, paid what they were worth. They were getting, uh, you know, job. Uh, they incentivized. Were incentives. That's the mm-hmm. word I was looking for. And Both positive and negative, likely. Right. And they you know, felt, do your job or get out. And uh, if you do your job well, we'll give you a bonus. Right. And they felt good about their lives again. And it made a huge difference. And uh, the, the pipes that were pre- previously said they couldn't be changed out, it was impossible. They got changed out. Brand new pipes all throughout the city. No problem. Drop of a hat. Let the market handle it, please. Let's go to the phones. Jim in California listening on KSCO. Hello, Jim. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, in Santa Cruz here, it gets far stranger with the water. We, we live in a coastal rainforest. There's plenty of water falling every year. The, uh, the issue is storage capacity. And we only have one reservoir. We could have many. There's actually empty quarries that could be allowed to fill with water and become reservoirs. But they won't do it because it's a control issue. It's the whole paradigm. Yeah. Yeah, why should they? Well, you know, the government isn't, in, isn't well, out there to provide you a service. The government is out there to, get, to control your butt. It gets stranger than that. They actually spend money to put drainage in an empty quarry so it won't fill with water. <laughs> My God. Now they We've got to protect the quarry. Fight. Yes, they tried to get a, a, a quarry converted to a reservoir years ago, and a professor at UC Santa Cruz uh, filed a report about some sort of salamander or critter that would be... A uh, banana slug would be killed. Something. Well, it, it turned out that the professor was non-existent, and so was the animal. But oh, my God. But the ball rolling and prevented that from becoming a reservoir. Wait, who wrote, the, who wrote it? Did anybody ever oh, track they, it down? I don't think they ever figured out who it was, but some students probably... My God. Unbelievable. You know, yeah, these, these kind of things can really get legs of their own. There's that EPA study about secondhand smoke. That thing has been debunked so many times, it's pathetic. But st- people still believe that secondhand smoke, in fact, kills people. But oh, yeah. It, it, it's bizarre, man. Some of the, wow. some of these, uh, if people want to believe it, it's like the pictures of the polar bears on the uh, the floating on the little iceberg that, that you see. 
Yeah, these were just po- polar bears that wanted to be on an iceberg. It's not that they got trapped from global warming or anything like that. It's just amazing how some how some of these things get legs and 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 they run off like they're um, well. It's the control alive. paradigm here. They figured out was they could control the water uh, water permits and issuance and it gets and and they don't want to give up on that. Right. We, we should have we have several quarries that could be reservoirs in this county. But people could water ski, go boating, fishing, and uh, generally have fun, and uh, there's typically no fun allowed. Right. Instead, yeah, no of fun sca- allowed. instead of doing what the marketplace would do and scale up to demand by building new reservoirs, right. the government says, track down, we need water police, and we need a snitch line, turn in your neighbors. And, I mean, <laughs> this is nuts, though. <laughs> Furthermore, the... Uh, the uh, uh, they, they they could actually make money off the reservoirs, and it would be a more diverse biosphere than an empty quarry sitting there. Oh, it's just Jim. a hole in the ground. Thank you and, for the call. Uh, we are short on time, but I really appreciate hearing from you. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. Just absolutely unbelievable. But this is what happens when you turn a critical resource over to the government. It's squandered, it's wasted, and it's ruined. Mismanaged. And we all get threatened with jail and fines if we, you know, oh, it's just a mess. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.